1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Blissful Living. This is the Queen of Feeling Fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson, and I have a wonderful guest for you. You know, we like to, uh, on the show, you know, connect our wellness with our wisdom. I'm sorry. We like to connect our wellness with our wealth through our wisdom. And so it's just a pleasure when I get someone that is on the show that can help us really, you know, in that wealth pillar, so to speak. So stay tuned. I'm going to give you the disclaimers. I always do find a nice place to sit where you're comfortable, grab something to write with, get your favorite beverage, whatever that may be, and just allow yourself to take this time for yourself. As you know, I like to always say we have to put ourselves first so that we can be the best that we can be for everyone around us. So stay tuned and be ready because, our guest today is gonna to bring it home for us. But before we get into the guest, I wanna thank Blissful Living for You, one of our sponsors. Uh you can check them out at Blissful Living, the number four letter U, dot com. They have some wonderful things that can help you as we transition to this this part of the year where things sometimes get a little chaotic, overwhelming, stressful. Uh we wanna look and feel our best and we want to step out in the world looking and knowing we feel our best and having the confidence to do that. And so if you are someone that is just kind of like peter-tottering mm, on, I could probably lose a couple pounds or I can get that rating glow, or I just want to feel absolutely fabulous as we transcend through this part of the year that I highly suggest you check out, Blissful Living, the number four in the letter U, dot com. The next sponsor of today's show is a telecommunications company located in the heart of Silicon Valley. They've been in business for 30 years, and they specialize in network distribution, or the backbones of how we com telecommunicate today, which is installation of voice data, fiber optic, wireless system, wireless access points, audio, video, you name it, they do it. And again, they've been in business for 30 years, so they have longevity and sustainability. If you're someone or a company that's looking to up-level your telecommunications capacities or capabilities, then I suggest you check out All Day Cable Incorporated at alldaycableinc.com Again, that's all day cable inc. dot com. So let me tell you about today's guest, and boy, I just I'm so excited. So today's guest, her name is Kendall Summerhawk, and she is the creative founder of the number one business and money certified coaching. Training school. Now, Kindle equips and empowers ambitious, passionate women, and I guess very smart men if they're listening, um, with the coaching skills and the done for you coaching content that makes it easy to sign on one on one and group coaching clients. So you can create a highly profitable coaching business, working with clients you love, and enjoy a business that gives significant. Time, freedom, and flexibility in your life as a result. Now, Kendall runs a seven-figure business, and her teachings have earned her nine Stevie Awards, including Mentor of the Year and Women Helping Women. Kendall works from home, which is beautiful. In Arizona, enjoys lots of time writing and training, uh, dressage with her beautiful Spanish Andalusian courses and spending time loving her life with her husband and business partner, Richard. And so, Kendall, I would like to welcome you to Blissful Living. Well, thank you for having me here. It's really
0: interesting hearing a bio read. It makes it sound like every day is a perfect day. And that's <laughs> just not true. <laughs>
1: Well, right now, it's but be overall great. it's awesome <laughs> so roll with it right yep, yep, it. you got it. Great, great to um have you i love um I love the part in your bio where you um you work with the horses and and doing dressage. I know another friend of mine um who lives in San Antonio did that. As well, and she did it for quite a while. I'm not sure if she still does it, but I think that's beautiful because those horses are so beautiful. Oh, they're
0: so beautiful, and they teach you so much.
1: Yes, Um, so much about yourself that you Mm -hmm. thought you didn't know or you wanted to ignore. (laughs) You know, they teach you a lot about leadership, which is
0: what's really interesting, about being really. confident from the inside out you know and and having leadership and respecting boundaries and so it's been a very interesting education for me i really i always say i owe who i am to my mom and to my horses
1: uh how many horses do you have
0: we have five horses which people go oh my gosh that's so great it's like it's just because they're with us for life and so we have a lot of seniors our right.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, we'll talk more about the the beauty of the the animals. I love horses. I'm, I'm just a real animal person. Love animals um, by and far, and that's a whole nother whole another topic. But horses are just beautiful, especially when they're doing the dressage. It's just absolutely phenomenal to see them do that and know that. Wow, you can teach an animal new tricks if you you know if you work at it. But anyway. So I want to jump right in because I'm really, really interested in um, the topic of today's show. And so share a little bit about um, how you came on this path and um, and what led you to, you know, figuring out that this is something that you needed to do and that you passionately want to get out to the women in the world.
0: Yeah, great question. Um I think like a lot of women in business, mine was not a direct route, and I won't take you through all the turns and, <laughs> you know, ins and outs and all that. But, I, you know, the what got me into this business, and I've been in business now a little over 19 years, which is quite something, actually, uh, and I love it. I love it as much today as I did on day one, maybe even more. And, you know, and being in the coaching business, but specifically uh, working with women in money and then even more specifically uh, certifying women to be business and money coaches. And what got me into it was I was looking to be in business for myself because my mom had always worked for herself. She was a hairdresser for a long time. And she always said, you know, you need to work for yourself. Like, that's what a girl needs to do is to work for herself. Mm -hmm. And my mom was pretty successful as a hairdresser, and that was really great to see and very different from the other girls' moms that I grew up with. And so I was looking for something, and I'd had a business before, and it was okay, And I worked for startup companies before, so I was really looking for that thing for me. I was so, like, desperate to work for myself. And I took a – and I was researching all different kinds of businesses, I mean ridiculous businesses that I would have been (laughs) terrible at. But I took a self-development course in a personal growth course, and in the process of that training, it was a nine-month training, I there were some coaches there, and I'd never heard of coaching. And so during one of the breaks, I heard one of the girls talking about coaching, and I said, okay, wait a second. Do you mean to say that you get on the phone, and you get you either lead classes on the phone, or you get paid to talk to somebody and ask them questions and give them direction on the phone? She said, yes. I said, oh, my God, sign me up. I mean, that was just... I was flabbergasted, and that 's you know so I, I actually left I was working at a job, and I moved back home to my hometown of Tucson, Arizona. I sold my house, moved back home i said i 'm going to start my business you know I'm a, I'm, i had I had some personal growth training under my belt, so I thought that would see me through, and I thought i 'd hang my shingle up, so to speak, and I would right. have clients. And it just did not work that way. It did not work that way. And that first year of being in business, I call it my year of fear and tears because I was trying so hard and I'd come home from all this networking and I'd call my mom and and watch Oprah. Like that's what I did. I'd call my mom <laughs> and cry and then watch Oprah. And, um, and so long story short, it, that went that went on for a year, and I was running out of money. I mean, this was getting, mm-hmm. and I needed to get divorced. I mean, there uh, and so there were some issues there, and I reached a point where I said, "This is ridiculous." Let me. And I was focusing not on business coaching; I was trying to do speaker training and just some other things. And, right. Um, <clears throat> which today I would know how to be successful at that. At that time, I didn't. But I woke up one day, and I literally said to myself, because I was kind of dilly-dallying with being a coach, and I said to myself out loud, get over it. You love this. And I decided on that day to start doing business coaching. And I just knew that if I knew a little bit more than the people I was coaching, because I was meeting a lot of other women in business, and they were struggling, and I could see their struggle. You know how it's so much easier to see someone else's than our own. And I thought, I can help them just a little bit. And I got my first three clients in one day. And my business you know, well, you know, I've certainly had ups and downs like anybody, but I can really say that my business took off from there.
1: Wow. So it was kind of like you didn't really know exactly what no. it was that you wanted to do, but you love the ideal of being able to, you know, help women and to be able to sit on the phone and do it from the comfort of wherever you are. And, You know, and just really power through helping people, helping women particularly be successful.
0: Yeah, and really what, you know, and I was so fortunate watching, you know, with my mom growing up and um, and it 's not like she ran a big business; she was just herself as a hairdresser, but I got to participate with her when she would do you know her banking once a week and you know and just making appointments and When I was twelve, she had um, a really nice house built and had her hairdressing studio built as part of the house so you know and at that time we didn't everybody didn 't have their own phone and so People, clients would call. Her clients would call. We had to answer the phone professionally, make appointments for her, you know, and just do different things. So I really got some great uh, grassroots exposure that way. And I, in my heart of hearts, Rochelle, Rochelle Maria, I really love um, what I'm all about is helping women love who they are and what they do and make fabulous money doing it. And it really led me, in, the money piece is something that even before I was coaching, like I would help my friends get out of debt and I was, you know, I just always have loved the topic of money. When I was six and seven and eight years old and they'd have bank day at school and they'd ask for who wanted, which kid wanted to volunteer to be the banker, I always raised my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I "Okay, you when
1: you say Monopoly too you were the banker too I tried huh? to
0: win for sure I definitely <laughs> wanted to be the banker so the money thing was always there and I just feel so um, grateful really deep gratitude that you know I believe that we all have Uh, you know, we all have a purpose. We all have a reason for being here. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily know what that is or are, or struggle to tap into it. And I feel so eternally grateful, uh, you know, to God that I was able to connect with my gift and, which is really helping women with money and helping them make money, but also really shifting their relationship with money and to be able to take that gift and to make a very successful business out of it. And so that's why, of course, it makes sense that I'm as much in love with my business today as I was 19 years ago.
1: That's beautiful because not many people can say, you know, can say that, you know, um, that they love what they started 19 years ago Mm -hmm. and they still love it today. A lot of people, you know, you wax and wane and it's just the way life is, but I think everything we do in life leads us, is leading us to a point Mm -hmm. and it it's sometimes like you said you just walked outside and had this awakening you love doing this you love helping women you love but you know everything that you were doing prior to that you know even to the point of where you're like okay girl I got to hunker down and make some money because I've got stuff going on it led you to that that point of epiphany, so to speak, which completely changed things around for you. So I th- I think that's beautiful because I know a lot of women get stuck, and, they, and they're stuck in things that they don't necessarily want to do or even like to do, but they don't really know what else to do. And kudos to your mom for being a trendsetter back in the day and, you know, really uh, being an example of being a woman out there and taking care of, Herself and and making money and you know commanding her own way. I love that because I know when I was growing up, um, and I'm not sure how old you are, but I know when I was growing up, everybody I knew, all my friends, their their moms worked. My mom worked. Mm-hmm. You know there was there was a couple people I know and they happened to be hairdressers as well. But it was very rare that you know women for one um, had their own business. You know and let alone. Was really doing something that they really thought was their purpose and truly enjoyed doing. So, kudos. Now, how many kids are in your family? Uh, There's myself and my brother, and he's a year and a
0: half younger than I am. And you know, my actually, not even a year and a half, 15, 15 months, but you know, it's interesting the people I grew up with, their moms did not work. They all had dads. My mom was divorced when I was not even quite four years old. And so, and she was very young when I was born. And, um, and she always wanted to be a hairdresser. She wanted to be a psychiatrist or a hairdresser since she was seven years old. <laughs> and as a hairdresser, of course, she got to do both.
1: Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> great. So, got so I, I grew up with, with you, you know. Ready. Oh you sit in that chair. (laughs) Yeah, they tell you everything.
0: But so I grew up with all my girlfriends, their moms didn't work. They stayed home. They baked, they sewed, they did those kinds of things. They cleaned. That was not my mom. My mom was an outstanding mom from day one and she worked. She had her own money. She was independent. She was really pretty. She still is. And she just has this fire to her. So she, I, It was just an incredible experience. And I grew up in the 60s and 70s, so it was really yeah. – she's a very unusual person, very unusual for sure, and she's my hero. For,
1: particularly for that, because I grew up in that time period too, mm-hmm. but particularly yeah. – Um, in that time period because I do, I mean, I'm trying to think. I I don't know. I'm a Silicon Valley kid, so, you know, Silicon Valley was not like it is today, but it was definitely booming with a lot of the defense contracts and electronics and things. And my mom worked in in that particular industry. So pretty much everyone around me, or women-wise, was doing something like that. I didn't have any, you know, I didn't have to, I can't even think of anybody whose mom stayed home and, you know, was like the typical quote unquote housewife. I, I right. think I think I was uh, you know, I don't know, maybe it was just the energy of Silicon Valley, but definitely um definitely I'm glad I was was able to experience that because it led me to believe that I am powerful, I am strong and I can do anything I wanted to do. Right. And 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 sometimes, you know, you don't know where that comes from but it's instilled in you. So kudos to your mom for doing that. Now I wanna ask you with regards to um with regards to what you do. And I like how you said you help women to not only understand money and the concept, but actually there was a little thing and you just kinda of brushed over it real quickly, but to be able to sustain that. And so in the in the process of working with women that really don't they, they they like to do several different things, but they're not really sure what their true passion is or their true purpose and how they can actually make money from that and survive and have sustainability. What is it that you do to help, I guess, ep- ever vest that that gift within them that takes them forward to be successful being, you know, self-employed women entrepreneurs?
0: Yeah, that's an interesting question. Let me speak to it two ways. First is I always go to the internal, the mindset first, you know, and then the mechanics. So from a mindset standpoint, um, and and women, you know, women are multi-passionate. You know, we're creative creatures and we like to do a lot Mm -hmm. of different things. And I think that the, the very first thing that a woman needs to do is she has to make a decision within herself that she's going to make money and that's and, and it's so easy for women especially women with a lot of different interests who haven't really made a commitment, you know what i mean, haven't really settled right. on something to 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 shy away from, to back off of making money and So that, the very first thing is they have to decide, you know, when that, it's like that switch flips inside of you whenever you make a decision that you know this is like what, like nothing's gonna stop you, this is what it's gonna be. And, and so it has to be that, that I'm gonna make money. I'm going to be a woman who makes money. And I think that's the very first thing. And then the second thing, a little bit more mechanically, is to then from that space of saying, I'm going to make money at this. Like I will do whatever it takes to make money at this for the, and, and, for many different reasons, but for the reason, like for me initially, it was just to prove, uh, to prove that I could, you know, I was proving it right. to my dad who had very low aspirations for me because I was a girl, um, right. and girls in his world were, you stayed Our home life. and you cooked and cleaned, right. you bet. So, for the reason my mom didn't stay there very long. Um, so initially I know Mike was like, I will show you. <laughs> right. And that, that so served me for a long time. And a minute at a, at a my dad has passed, and I'm at a different place in my life now. So it's really more now. It's about proving to myself what I'm capable of. It's like let's see what I'm capable of. But I think to go back to your question, it's deciding to make money and then and saying okay with the with the um, the interest and the passion and the talents that I have. Who can I? How can I? Put that together in a way that people will buy it. Now, I am biased. I will be honest with you. I am very biased in that I believe that women entrepreneurs make phenomenal clients phenomenal clients for uh-huh. all, and you don't have to be a business coach like I am, but you can do all kinds of different things that serve and support the, women, the uh, women's entrepreneurial market. So I personally, like I said, I have a, a bias towards that market. It doesn't mean you have to do that, though, but I will tell you, I have seen some um, – really interesting different kinds of specialties that women have that can pop, really pop when applied to the women's, you know, the women business owner market. Right. It's really interesting. Right. So that that's what I would suggest. And I would say, too, that, you know, I always wanted to be in business for myself for lots of reasons, and I love making money. It's a joyful, creative process for me. And, and not everybody's like that, and I get that, but I think that, when you really start to look at how can I make money doing what I love, and, and it forces a woman to, to face or sometimes confront what her issues are around making money. And I'll share right. something that often happens, is that for a lot of women, this is certainly true for me, it's actually true for every woman I've, I've ever met, um, and I've coached thousands of women, but... Um, is typically they have somebody in their life and it could be somebody who's not even alive anymore but they have mm-hmm. somebody who really traces back typically to their uh, early years in somebody who was a, a primary caregiver typically not always but usually that in some way they don't want to upset in some way or they don't want to you know they don't want their light to shine brighter than that person's light or they they, they just like some um hang up that's there from their past are, are, right. that causes them to not give themselves permission to make money.
1: Very interesting. You know, you you brought up a you brought up several good points and I'm always always thinking about, you know, the wisdom aspect or the mindset because sometimes women can be their worst enemy when it comes yes. to not having the right mindset. And then you also brought up like sometimes people can't identify right in front of them that, you know, the reason why I'm blocking my money flow, so to speak, is because of this or, you know, I don't want to, you know, my grandmother used to do something and she'd always say, oh, you're such a rebel and girls shouldn't do that or whatever it right. may be. Right, right. You know, and you don't even, sometimes we don't even equate that what happened, I'm going to say a hundred years ago is affecting you today. You You just don't know it because your mindset is not, right there ready to receive the information. And so when you when you said that, I thought, well, wow, you know, here's a gal who had a mom that was definitely a trendsetter back in the day and, you know, and bestowed that energy, energetics within you, and you watched your mom and, you know, and even then as a kid, you probably thought, hmm, you know, I'm just helping mom out, not knowing that the whole mindset that she was, planting or subliminally planting in you would lead you to the success as a woman entrepreneur helping other women entrepreneurs make money and be successful and be comfortable with it in their mindset. So I think that is just, I think that's a huge thing and I think women really need to understand that, step into it and own it. We are powerful and we are unstoppable, but sometimes we are our worst enemies and we hold ourselves back from the true greatness that we deserve and and we seek and we desire. And so kudos to you, kudos to your mom. Um, With regards to the mindset shift, and and, Mm -hmm. and I love talking about mindset because um, it, it opens up, you know, a can of, a lot of stuff. So to speak, I can't. Have a lot of stuff about something, yeah. up. <laughs> right? Came can A lot of stuff. A whole lot of stuff. You there's core shifts that you talk about or you mention. Can you just share that with the listeners when it comes to um, the mindset shifts that that need to occur as we progress into embracing the fact that we can make money doing something that we actually truly love to do. Sure, I'd be happy to, and I'll go through these.
0: Um... Uh, Pretty quickly. So the very first one is to be future focused, to be future focused. And what I mean by that is don't let the past define you. If I let my past define me, I, I was a career waitress for years. When I got out of high school, uh, you know, for years. So if I let the past define me, I just would have gotten a better waitressing job. You know what I mean? At a restaurant, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and so a lot of times when women are starting their own business, the what I've observed as a pattern is that they—and I did this too myself. Like my first year in business, my whole goal was to replace my job income. At that time, I left a job that was making—I think I was right around fifty-four, fifty-five thousand dollars a year, which I didn't. Have a college degree. I was in uh, healthcare information systems and that was a great job. I mean, like that was a great job, right? And I was doing that type of job for different startups and different companies for about 13 years. So, My first goal, makes sense, was to just replace my job income because I didn't know any different. I didn't know any better, really. I didn't have this idea of six figures. And these days, of course, six figures is just talked about all the time, especially in the coaching space, multi-six figures, seven figures. That never was even a concept for me. That was not in my head at all. So I think when I say future focus, beware of putting a ceiling. It's okay to have goals. To say, okay, I want to reach six figures. You know, it's great to have a goal. That's different than saying than mentally holding ourselves back because of that ceiling. So future focus, don't look to the past to predict your future. Mm. Um, the second thing is that, you know, people always say money is energy. And I have to be really honest with you. That phrase always annoyed me because... I didn't understand it. It didn't make sense to me. I still don't, quite truthfully. But what I realized, I'm like, everybody says that, like, oh, yeah, money is just energy. It's like, what does that mean? But what I decided it meant for me is actually, and I changed it slightly, is that money is emotion. Money is not energy. I mean, it is, but it's emotion. And what I mean by that is you want to notice your emotions. You have to notice that. And if you have negative emotions, and I certainly have negative emotions about money still, so if you have negative emotions, I really highly suggest writing down the thought that you're thinking, because when you write down that thought, it's it actually is a belief that, you know, thoughts are beliefs, and right. um, or beliefs are thoughts, I actually should say. Um, and you, because it's a belief, you have the power to change it. And if it's okay with you, I'd love to share a question you can ask yourself. Would that be okay? Yeah. Yeah, okay. please do. So you can ask, so you write down, um like, I got a real belief from my grandfather. My grandfather immigrated to this country from, from Europe um, when he was five on a boat through Ellis Island, you know, when he was five years old, lived in New York, became a very successful professional musician, played with all the big bands in the 20s and the 30s. He was a real showman. And, um, and yet, to his dying day, and he lived till he was in his mid-90s, to his dying day, he would reach over and, and touch me on the leg and he'd say, honey, are you saving a buck? It, because he grew up really, really poor in the right. the Jewish slums of new york that 's where he grew up, and it was always about scarcity, and you better hang on because you never know when catastrophe might happen. so I grew up with a and they lived next door to us, so I grew up with a lot of that thinking that even though we had you know we grew up not affluent, but we were upper middle class i would say mm. and um so, but I still grew up with that scarcity thinking. So I could like, so when I catch myself going, oh, I better, I better make some more money this month because you just never know. Like that happens. That catches me. I can write that thought down, and the question then to ask is, you can ask, is that 100% true? Is it 100% true? And the next question is, you can ask, what is an alternative thought that I can have instead? You know, what's something I can think instead? Mm -hmm. And you want that alternative thought? This is really key. It needs to be positive, all positive, all positive. And, you know, every negative belief each of us might have about money, it isn't true for someone else. You know, my husband never has that thought. He's a very different money personality than mine. He never has that thought that, oh, I better make more this month. I might not have any left. He just, it just never occurs to him. you know, right. So, right, you know right. Yeah, so that's, that's a really big key. I think if, cool. I can go on here, but I think this yeah. next one is really important, this third, this third uh, mindset shift, is you need to be selective with who you share your numbers with. And here's what I mean by that. Not everyone has earned the right to witness your numbers. Not everyone has earned. Say that, that right. again. I Say will. That again. <clears throat> Not everyone has earned the right to witness your numbers. And most women, and for lots of reasons, most women look for approval. They look for permission, and they're doing. They look to others for that. If they have a man in their life, a partner in their life, they're often looking there. Um, but, but when you do that we're opening ourselves up to that person's money mindset. And that person's money mindset may not be supportive of us mm-hmm. and who we are, even though they may love us and, and say that they care about us and, oh, honey, I'm behind you and all that. You know, as women get more successful, it can be very threatening to a lot of people, both family and and partners. It can be very threatening. Not always, obviously, but but it often is. So um, I just think it's very important to be really selective. And what I really recommend is... Sharing your numbers, like if you're part of a mastermind, you know, a coaching program, something like that, where you're hanging out with others who are who are doing the same thing you're doing, and they're up against their stuff the same way you're up against it, and and where where it's okay to talk about these bigger numbers, share it with them, and don't necessarily share it with the people closest to you because they they may not have earned that right to witness your number.
1: Amen to that. I can totally attest to that.
0: Totally. And then the fourth one is, and this is what, you know, all this is taken from my own um, personal experience. It's how I'm able to teach it. So, so the fourth one here is to run your life and your business as a million dollar business owner. Now, here's what I mean about this, because I'm not saying go, you know, you know buy a fancy car that you can't afford or anything like that. Don't, you know, that's <laughs> silly. Don't do that. Um, but here's, there's two things I want to say about this. So when I, when I did reach six figures through a lot of hard work, I mean, I clawed my way to six figures. <laughs> um, and I, it was the most money, like, I'd never even thought of making that kind of money before, so I was really proud, I was really happy. Then the next year I did it again, same number. Thought, okay, this is good. Two years in a row, that's, that's good. It's the same number, but that's okay. Third year, did it again. I thought, okay, now I don't mean to be ungrateful about the money, but this is three years in a row. And right. so why am I not making more? You know, and, and you know, stuck, stuck is stuck. It doesn't matter the dollar amount, stuck is stuck. And so I decided in that moment And I remember it like it was today. I decided in that moment that I wanted to be a million dollar business owner and not screw this 100 grand thing, um, which is very nice, but it wasn't going to ultimately get me the lifestyle that I wanted. I didn't have five horses at that time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And I decided I wanted to be a million dollar business owner. Scared the living daylights out of me. I had no role models, I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I said, I don't care. I want this. I wanted it so badly. And I'll tell you something. That next year, I jumped from 100000 to just shy of 600000 I think it was 564000 And the year after that, into a million dollars. So within two years, did it. Now, I worked really hard. I'm not saying I just loafed around. I did work hard. But I made decisions, uh, seeing everything through the lens of being a million-dollar business owner. And there were days where I was excited by it. There were days where I literally was crying, saying, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I thought, nope, that's not the point. I'm going to continue to do it. And the very first decision, excuse me, the very first action that I took from making that decision was I hired a virtual assistant. I was by myself before that, hired a virtual assistant the first month of her answering my email for me. You know, we're talking real practical here. Mm -hmm. and the first month I get her bill, it was for $800, I started crying. I thought, oh, my God, how am I going to pay this and, you know, pay everything else? And, oh, my God, I mean, I was freaked out. And, um, and, And I had a coach at the time, and she's, like, coaching me off the edge, you know. And I made some changes there to reduce the bill the next month, but I started saying, wait a second. This is what a million, you can't make a million dollars by yourself. That's crazy. You can't do that. So I just kept at it and it worked. It really, really worked. And the thing, and what I want to say about the lifestyle part where I say run your life and your business is that um, at the time, you know, I was doing some traveling and and I remember traveling with my mom, actually, and uh we were at the airport, and she looked at my suitcase, and she said, and my mom's not a real, she likes nice things, but she's not really a status person, she's very frugal, but she looked at my suitcase, and she said, that is not the suitcase of a million-dollar business owner,
1: because <laughs> it was a little
0: scuffed, it was like 10 years old, and, you know, it was a little dirty, I think the zipper tab was broken off of it, and she, <laughs> She's like, you need to get... And I went to to Marshalls or TJ Maxx or whatever and bought a pretty new one. I didn't spend more than $40 on it. So my point is that you don't have to live large to start feeling wealthy. And I do recommend, though, like I would go to... I've tried on really expensive clothing just to try it on. I've sat in really expensive cars just to feel what that feels like. So there's Mm -hmm. things you can do that are free that start to put you in that space of being wealthy and what it's like and you start to make those internal shifts.
1: Oh my goodness, you know it's so funny. I I am in agreement with you 100%. And in my area where I grew up, it's like, you know, you can't you can't have you can't be a millionaire with a ghetto mindset, okay? It just uh-huh. doesn't work. Um, you know, and you can't you can't um You can't stay in the ghetto and have a millionaire mindset. It's just that they just don't work it it's just it's just amazing. So when you say you like you started thinking I want to, you know, I'm making this, I made this three consecutive years in a row. I want to up level. I want to what can I do? I need to start thinking like a millionaire business owner versus a $100,000 business right. owner. Right. It changes the game plan. I mean, it really does open up. You start thinking about things differently. You start looking at decisions you make on a more strategic level versus let's just get it done type of thing. Um, And you can't tell anybody. There's no way. I I have not met anybody in my 30-plus years of being an entrepreneur, I have not met anybody that is a seven-figure business owner by themselves. I mean, they do it themselves. There's just absolutely no way. And so when you think about, scaling up, whether you're a five-figure and you want to scale up to six or whatever, you got to start thinking about how does it look, how does it feel, how does it operate to be that next-level business owner, and you get a whole different perspective. And I also like how you shared about trying on things before, Like, Mm -hmm. like, okay, those red-bottom shoes, I, lo- I have a <laughs> shoe fetish. If anybody knows me, they know this girl has a shoe fetish. And I have a ton of shoes. I love shoes. I love clothes. I- that's just me. However, I have tried on those red-bottom Christian, I don't even know how to say his name correctly. It's Louboutin. The yeah, the-, the red-bottom shoe man. Those shoes aren't comfortable. No, they don't look comfortable. <laughs> They, they're not comfortable, and I'm a heels type of chick, so, you know, if I'm going to be wearing some heels and I'm paying 8 hundred, ten, 900 10 whatever, you know, they better be doggone fit my feet like slippers, and I better, better be able to walk and strut in them like I'm Naomi Campbell on a catwalk all day long without my feet hurting. Fortunately, unfortunately, those shoes aren't like that, and so it's like I try them on. I like the feel, I like the look, but I'm—they're just like eye candy shoes. You sit there, you look pretty, you don't do anything else. And then trying on the expensive clothes, yeah, I want to try on that two thousand dollar pair of pants, or you know that that twenty five thousand dollar gown, just to see how it feels because I know I can get it one day, but just because I have the money to get it doesn't necessarily mean that's what I want. I could still find a $250 gown that looks just as stunning on me as that $25,000 gown and put the rest of that money that I've saved in my pocket. Or for instance, I wanted, I had a vision that I wanted a, um, it just popped in my head, the, the kind of car I wanted. At that time it was a, uh, it was a black Range Rover. I wanted a black Range Rover with tenant windows, with, you know, and, and, you know, I had this vision, So I went to the Range Rover dealer, sat in one and got the feel, you know, at the time I was driving a Mercedes and sat in one and got the feel like, okay, yeah, I like the way it feels. i you know, look good in it. It fits me, you know, but you know, I wasn't ready to buy one. Lo and behold, out of the blue, a few years later, I popped this car and I just actually had the money to buy it. But if I would have never tried it on, how would I have ever known it was going to fit me when I got to my future self of being able to to have it? And <laughs> that's so a good I, way like, to put it. When you get to right, your future self, I love, I love that. It, <laughs> right, because you never know. You, know you, may, you may think you want those size 5 jeans, but your future self is saying, girl, you know you're really going to be a 7. Be comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> be comfortable with it. And so I like I like that. Just Just having the wherewithal to envision and embrace and see things from where you want to be, like you said, your future self and not where you are today opens up a world of possibilities. And I love how you shared that. Now you say you've coached thousands of women on with regards to the relationship on money. And um, you have, I know you've seen like a lot of common things with regards to how women just don't envision themselves grander than what they can be. What is what is one thing that if someone is listening to us now, and we don't know anything about these people, but if someone is listening to us now and they're feeling stuck, like they're feeling stuck, what is one thing that you would tell them to break them from the, I want to say, quicksand of where they are today to the elation of the air airborne feeling of where they can be in the future when it comes to their business? Mm, that's
0: a beautifully put question. Um, I, you know, I said it earlier, they have to decide. And and it's deciding, you know, it's it's an interesting dynamic because we all want to have short-term money goals. Like, you know, I have my goals every month of how much I want to have come in every month. And, um, and then for the year. And I'm, I actually, my own personality, I tend to be more yearly oriented, so I'm always looking at that one-year goal. And, um, but then we, you need to have a bigger number that is big enough to pull you forward. That, that feels, uh, and for me, it, that the $100,000 market was the million dollars, so that's, that's my example here, is you have to have a number that forces you out of your habitual way of thinking. At, like, if I had set that goal to say, okay, well, I've been at a hundred for three years in a row, you know, plus or minus a couple thousand dollars, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to set my new goal to be $130,000, <laughs> right? And that's what most people would do, but right. it isn't, because they would think that's reasonable, that's realistic, and I would, right. and, and while we do want to have short-term goals, I mean, I set short-term goals all the time. Like, this week, I said, okay, I want this week to be X amount of, X amount of money this week. I have no idea. Now, it's only, you know, middle of the week here. Um, so I have no idea yet how, what the re- will create, but it's already looking pretty good. So anyway, um, I think that you have to have a big enough number that it forces you out of your habitual thinking. If I had set that goal of 130, I may or may not have it, made it. I'm not sure I would have made it, quite truthfully, because right. I would have only made incremental changes. I would have maybe – I m- may have raised my fees – A little bit. I might have added a couple more clients. You know, really teeny tiny changes versus saying, "Okay, wait a second, let me reposition my bees." And and I ran quite a few masterminds at the time. I had like three going at a time, which is in part how I made that money, big part of it. Um, But I think the other thing is that I see as a um, an epidemic with women and money, and I'll tell you what it is. What I see as epidemic not only is undercharging. First of all, there's undercharging. And ladies, please, you have got to raise your fees. I have yet to meet somebody, maybe one person out of thousands, who is charging appropriately. Most women, I mean, like 99% undercharge. And you can raise your fees. I mean... Uh, I hate to even say this, but you can raise your fees 20%, which is very low, but you can raise it 20%. No one is going to notice except for you in a positive way in your bank account. Um, Most women can double their fees, and then you have to be willing to... Um, experience the the emotions that doing that is going to cause you. You know, most women don't just raise and go. Oh yeah, I can raise it. I'm all good. You know, I'm game for that. And and just do it and not blink an eye. Most of the time, that is not what happens.
1: <laughs> Usually, right, there's some right.
0: kind of a panic. You know, and internal dialogue. Dec-
1: no, I'm doing oh. it too much. No, well, uh, hey, well let me back it down five percent. No, well, you know, yep. yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so you have to be willing to say, what is my commitment? Is my commitment to my fear or is my commitment to not only my transformation, but the transformation that's going to happen for my clients when they invest? And I am a firm believer, because I've experienced it so many times on the client, being the client, that when people invest more, they pay attention. You know, when they pay more, they pay attention. And that's the way it is. But I want to go back to something that's epidemic besides undercharging. And it is the um, it is not allowing overflow. Most women, again, about 90%, I would say, roughly, of, of what I've observed, they live, no matter how much they're making, they, they live with the mindset of just enough just enough. So the bank account's running down to zero at the end of the month. And I've known, I mean, I have, and actually some of them have been my clients. Like I can think of one person in particular, I coached her from literally nothing. And she went through my coach certification training and she ended up within a few years having a very high six figure business. So she's making 750000 $800,000 a year, has massive debt and is just, just enough month to month. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, so it doesn't, you know, people think, oh, when I make more money, all these problems will go away. And let's be clear, having more money solves a lot of problems. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely no doubt about it. However, the money habits that we have don't change just because we have more money. That's why lottery winners end up broke, what is it, like in three years or five years, because their habits haven't changed. So for women, it's this thing of overflow, uh, giving yourself permission to have more than just enough. And in the beginning, and I am totally serious with what I'm about to say here, in the beginning, it's not the amount that matters, it's the action. So I have coached a lot of people to start with $5 extra. I'm not kidding. I mean, $5, $20. It doesn't matter. It's, it's allowing yourself to experience, just like you were talking about experiencing really nice shoes, clothing, cars. It's the same thing, allowing yourself to experience what it feels like to have money sitting in that bank account. 'Cause most women they're like Teflon with their money. It comes in and <laughs> goes right out. And I want us to be like Velcro. Okay?
1: Right. I want it yeah. to come in And, stick, and right? have some See of it stick. To my ribs, right? Yeah, have
0: some of it stick. I mean yes, yeah, spend things on you know, spend money on the things that you enjoy and all that. But but when money comes in, like here's a challenge I would give everybody the next time a client pays you, let that money sit in your bank account for one week. Don't touch it for one week, and you're going to be amazed at all the conniptions that you go through, all right. the gyrations of, oh, but I've got to pay this, this, you know, all this stuff. Don't do it. Let it sit for a week. And I still have to practice this all the time I have to practice this because it's so easy for me to say, Oop, that money needs to go somewhere. No, it can just sit there for a week. Let me experience that. And when you start to do that, you start to create, um, think of it as an energetic expansion. You create an expansion that more money can come
1: in. And
0: fill
1: up for you. You know that's beautiful. It's I have to share this. This is kind of funny. So I've done that where you know I I, I do that like I I, I I I'm a saver, but I'm a I spend, but I'm a saver too. And so I had some money come in. You know I had a client that paid a good fee, and I'm like, oh, I should just you know I can utilize this and do this with this, and and then I'm like, no, take a step back, So, mm-hmm. you know, relax. Well, here's the funny thing. I actually forgot about the money being there. <laughs> and so, you know, so it was like, I totally forgot, you know, prosperity is flowing in, and I'm just like, you know, okay, just going, but I totally forgot about this big chunk of cash. And so just yesterday, I happened to open, and I'm like, oh, my God, I totally forgot about this money. <laughs> you know, you know it's like, I totally forgot. Now, who does that? But I, I say that, and I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm saying that not to be funny, but to, to share a lesson with, because when you get comfortable and you get into a place like that 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 you know that can happen. Now I'm not saying it'll probably it probably will never happen again about me forgetting that money, but <laughs> but you know it just it just was I just got comfortable and like, you know, because my inclination was let me take this and utilize it when I first got it. Let me take this and utilize it and and turn it over, so to speak. But let me sit back and wait was my in, my little intuitive voice talking real softly, sit back and wait and just, just let it sit there. And I let it sit there where I for, completely forgot about it. So me discovering it again was like, oh, my gosh, it just opened up a whole new flow of abundance and energetics around me. And then guess what? More money came in that day that topped that. And I was just like, okay, there's something, there's some kind of magic to it. Um, but it is. it's funny how when you just shift your mindset a little bit, how things shift with you. It, it it's just it's almost like when you go to the gym and you start working out and things are a little sore, but like by week three things are starting to look good, firming up, the soreness isn't there, you're starting to notice things, people are starting to notice you. The same thing I think with regards to when you shift your mindset, you know that you're doing stuff. But other people notice it, and you attract and you magnetize mm-hmm. that which with, with you're changing within yourself, and it's beautiful to see when you stop and take a look at it in the mirror and be like, "Oh wow, that's that's beautiful." So thank you for sharing that. And you're right; um, I was guilty. I'm one of those people, like, "Oh, no one's going to pay me," you know, "this," you know, "oh, double it." What are you can Like, you know, I barely can get this. But it's interesting how. When you double something, or when you actually raise the price of things, people want it more.
0: They often do, and I think it's our what happens um, if, if a woman allows it when you raise your fees, especially like when you double it or something like that where it's a significant
1: mm-hmm. increase. It's uncomfortable for sure.
0: It's definitely uncomfortable, but what I think it does is it forces us or demands of us to really look and say, okay, kind of to get over ourselves and to look and say, what's the value for the client? What is it that they're – what's the experience they're going to have? What's their before and after? They invest – they invest this money, and I really recommend using the phrase "invest," not "price," or "fee," or "pay." Right. Um, when you really shift your mindset and look at it as an investment, you know whether it's coaching or uh, styling, or you know beauty services or whatever it is, it doesn't matter, bookkeeping, it could be anything, really. So um, then you start to say, okay, what's, what's in it for the client? What's the value to them? What's possible for them? So a lot of times I just say to my clients, you need to get over yourself. Let's quit making this all about you. Um, I, you know, it's kind of like a... a especially spiritually oriented people, they can be really self-focused. It's like, let's not be so spiritually self-centered here. Let's shine the light outward to other people and focus on mm-hmm. them. And so I can stand, and granted, I still have, you know, heart flutters when we raise our fees and such, but, you know, that's <laughs> normal. But when, I stand, but when you stand in the, um, the real value of what this means for them, and I know what it was like to be a client and to pay for something, to invest in something that was a real stretch. That was difficult mm-hmm. to do and a, financially and risky and a real stretch. And I was so committed to making it work and always worked out because I was a 1,000% committed because I had invested
1: money that, you know, on paper it looked like I couldn't afford it, and I just figured it out. Right, right. I, I think um, that's something that women and men, everybody needs to hear that because um, and sometimes things that we think we can't do – we can do when we really put our mind set to it. Because we've made that decision. Exactly. See, it goes
0: back to that decision.
1: Exactly. You know, we women are unstoppable when we make a decision, we're unstoppable. We are. It, it's it's kinda like, you know, you see that man over there that looks good to you and you made a decision. I'm gonna say hi to him and get him to recognize when, you, when you've when you zeroed in on the man or your target so to speak, you become focused, right? And You do become unstoppable. I mean, you know, it it's just that's just how we are wired, you know. We we that's just the way it is. But I think a lot of times we are our biggest um our biggest holder backs, so that's not the right word, but you know, we we hold ourselves we can be the biggest deterrent to holding ourselves mm-hmm. back and um, I think sometimes we just need to relax and let that go. Now you have a um you have an interesting view on uh how to use profit in your business. Can you tell us what that is?
0: Sure. Um well one of the key things about profit is that um You want to focus on profit, not just on revenue. And for a long time, I just focused on revenue, how much money came in. And I built my business up um, to multi-seven figures and was profitable. However, I also had very, very high expenses, very Mm -hmm. high expenses. So it's, you know, and, and I knew it at the time, but I also look back now and go, wow, I really gave my power away on that. So one of the, so I made some changes in my business, in my business model, and what was interesting, I remember the first full year of uh, changing the business model, and um, really the first full year into that, my revenue was a tad less than half of what it had been. It was still in seven figures, but it was a tad less than half. My profit was almost identical, almost identical. Oh. Yep. Interesting, right? So one of the things yeah. that I would really suggest in terms of profitability, first of all, decide. You see, it all goes back to you have to decide that you're going to make, that you're, you are, you actually let me stop for a second. You, you want to ask yourself the question, who, um, what does having a profitable, profitable business say about me? I'm going to give two ways of asking this question because they're slightly mm. different. What does having a profitable business say about me? The other question is, what does having a profitable business mean about me? Because see, we're always making meaning. It's just how human beings are. So we're always right. making meaning, and very often, what happens for women is they throw away their power. Somebody doesn't take their power. We just throw it at them. You know? oh, yeah. <laughs> Here, Here my power. It. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, um, and you know, so I'm and, and I'm a firm believer because of the horses. Actually, I'm around power all the time. So I, you know, and they're big dangerous animals. I'm not that big. So I have to be careful. And so I've learned how to be in relationship with power. And I believe power is abundant. I I believe it is unlimited. And just because I'm standing in my power, that doesn't take anything from you. I can stand in mine. You can stand in yours. Everybody can stand in their power. And it's all good. It's all okay. So from a mechanical standpoint in your business, one of the things that I decided early then got lost track of a little bit and then came back to is to have a standard of profitability. And this is not the whole profit first, you know, with that book. I read that book, and to be honest with you, I found it a tiny bit confusing. So um, <laughs> I'm just going to be really honest. You know, I I run a multi-seven-figure business with second-grade math skills, so this is this is what it is. But so what I decided is, I I decided on a minimum profitability. So for a long time, My profitable profitability number was 70, 75%. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that, and this is where it's not exact math, so please, if somebody's an accountant listening to this, don't tell me I'm wrong, (laughs) Um, uh, is what I mean by that is I say, okay, I'm going to launch a program, for example. I'm going to launch a group coaching program. And I looked at the direct expenses of that program, like how much exactly is it going to cost me for, you know, whatever it is, just, you know, the the direct expenses. So not keeping lights on. Money, but like money, like how much in, a, in an assistance time? How much am I going right. to pay my my company coaches who work with me? You know those direct expenses, and I add that up, and and if it's and it needs to be no greater than thirty percent, preferably less, so that I'm left with seventy seventy five percent to cover things like lights on, to cover my uh, business manager, to pay myself, to pay taxes. And when you do that, when you set a pretty high profitability number, which the Profit First Guide does as well, but when you do it this way, you will always be profitable. You will always be profitable. Always. You will have the, you will have the unfortunate good problem of having to pay more taxes that's what you'll have. That's, that'll be the biggest problem you have. Lovely. And that really, really worked. And, um, yeah. And so, um, because after taxes, you know, if, you, if you're if you like 70% and after taxes you still have um, 40% profit, that's a lot of money. It starts to yeah. add up and it goes right into your bank account and you let it sit there. And, you know, it all right. starts to flow together, right?
1: You let it sit there and you forget about it and, you know. Yeah. And I then the other thing is well. that,
0: I think it's about also um, you have to pay yourself. Women get really confused about this. They're like, well, what do you mean pay yourself? I run my business out of one checking account. First of all, it's not something I recommend doing. I I know a lot of women do do it that way, but really you should have a separate account for your business versus your personal. Regardless. Yeah, but regardless. Regardless. You pay yourself and they'll say, but it's the same account. I go, yeah, I know, I get it. I want you to write a check to yourself. I don't care if it's the same account because remember earlier, it's, this is about the action, right? It's about the action. This right. so is not efficiency. This is about shifting your mindset. So you write, if you have one, uh, account for, for everything, that's fine, but write yourself a check and then you turn around and deposit it. And I've had women say, oh, but that's silly, it's a waste of time. It's like, no, it's not, because you're going to have to put pen to paper and write your name and a dollar amount and and pay yourself. And now we do, I'm a corporation, an S-corp, so I get paid through payroll Mm -hmm. twice a month. And in the early days, I mean, you know, I didn't get paid a steady amount, the amount would go up and down, and that... That was, you know, just that's just the nature of being in business. And I would set it and I decided, you know what, I'm going to lower the amount I'm paying myself because I want the experience of being paid consistently the same amount. Mm -hmm. So I actually lowered the amount and made it consistent for over a year. And then I gave myself a small raise, you know, made that consistent. And then with an S-corp, you can take money out through um, distribution as well as payroll. So I would have excess come that way as well. So these are just some different helpful mindsets and habits that work together to start radically shifting a woman's um, sense of her own self-worth.
1: Oh, I love it. I love what you shared. I mean, uh, just, just uh, nuggets of gold, a bag of nuggets full of gold right there for anyone listening, woman or man, um, the information Applies to everybody. I mean, it's just if you if you have the right mindset and you utilize some of the tips that negative goals, as I like to call them, that Kendall mm-hmm. has shared with us, um, you will definitely see improvements and you will definitely see a change in things as things flow into your life with your business. So I love it. Uh, I love I, I love that, too. And, unfortunately, we are out of time. We are. If we could go on and on, it's so, so much for fun. Sure. <laughs> for sure. So now, Kendall, before we go, I want you to share with the listeners, um, you have anything coming up, any, any way they can get in contact with you, your team, um, any information you'd like to share with the listeners, please take this time to do that. Sure. Thank you.
0: Um, yes, I run a very active Facebook group. And it is the Tribe of Courageous Coaches, and it's for women who are in the coaching industry and specifically or who who want to be coaches. And all coaches are welcome, but we really focus. My love, of course, is is, uh, women who want to be business coaches and money coaches. And you can go to my website. It's kendallsummerhawk.com forward slash tribe because it is Tribe of Courageous Coaches. So I'll spell it. It's K-E-N-D-A-L-L dot com forward slash tribe, T-R-I-B-E. And that will just redirect you to the Facebook page where you can request to join us there. And that's the best way to come into my world. I do a um, free uh, training Tuesday, every, training, uh, every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's a live video training on different business topics and a pr- lot on pricing, a lot on money, sales, skills, things like that. So come into the tribe. Join me there.
1: I love it. So there you have it, everyone listening. I'm sorry our time just went, it breezes through when you're on the subject <laughs> that um, you, lo- you have the guests that love talking about it and sharing their words of wisdom and their nuggets of gold. But there you have it, the miss- fabulous Kendall Summerhawk sharing nuggets of gold for all of us so that we can take it forth and make those nuggets of gold become from one to a million to one if we want to. Um, thank you, Kendall, for being a guest. You're so welcome. You. Pleasure and, and such an honor. Thank you. Oh, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you. And I want to thank all my listeners out there. Without you, the show would not be possible, and we wouldn't have had such a long um, time running this this fabulous show, disseminating wealth, wisdom, and um, well-being to all of you out there. So thank you for listening. Please share the show with everyone you love and care about. Thank you to our sponsors, All Day Cable Incorporated, as well as Blissful Living for you for um, stepping up and and honing – and loving what we do and wanting to be a sponsor of the show. And with that being said, I'm going to wish all of you peace to your mind, wellness to your body, and tranquility to your spirit. And may you allow the wealth, prosperity, and abundance coming into you to flow grow and be sustainable until next time this is the queen of feeling fabulous rochelle marie lawson saying goodbye for now
0: you can find out more about rochelle on her website rochelle lawson r-o-c-h-e-l-e lawson l-a-w-s-o-n or at health healing wellness.com or just click on her websites from the webtalkradio.net page right in front of you and of course you'll want to come right back here next week for another episode of blissful living thanks for joining us